Good morning. It is really great to be here with you. Um, And I have been absolutely loving this series as we've been journeying through Joshua together. We've called this series Brave. um, Because right at the beginning of Joshua, uh, the Lord commands Joshua, the leader of the Israelites, to be strong and courageous. To be strong and courageous. And he tells Joshua to be strong and courageous by being careful to obey the law, not turning from it to the right or to the left, and to meditate on it day and night. Being brave looks like following what the Lord says, staying close to his words, staying close to his presence, and moving forwards in obedience uh, in him. And what we've seen so far has been through this series, uh, do go to our YouTube channel and catch up if you've missed a couple. Uh, It's been great so far. We've been seeing that outworking of the command to Joshua to be strong and courageous, to be brave as the leader of the Israelites. And when the story began, when we went right back at the beginning uh, at Joshua, with Joshua, we saw the people, they were camped on the banks of the River Jordan and they were waiting to enter into this promised land, the land that had been promised to them for generations as they'd been wandering about in the wilderness. They sent spies into Jericho to try and spy out the land that they would have to uh, conquer. And there they met You might remember a couple of weeks ago there, they met Rahab, who was a prostitute, who hid them in her home to keep them safe, uh, and who they made an arrangement with that they would keep her really safe when they came to take Jericho. And then the Lord does an incredible miracle, one that we've already seen with Moses, and he parts the River Jordan, and the people led by Joshua are led into the promised land. They can finally, after generations and generations of waiting to enter into God's promises, they can enter through. The river Jordan is parted and they can enter through into the promised land. And last week we saw the people there then. They crossed over the river Jordan and they were there at a place called Gilgal and they're on the other side of the river in the promised land and they take time to recommit themselves to the Lord by being circumcised and by celebrating the Passover together as God's people in the promised land. And Joshua and the people know that there are many battles ahead of them as they're going to move around the promised land and take the land that the Lord has given to them. But they're in living in the context of the Lord saying to them, I will give you every place where you set your foot. And the Lord has said to them, and no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. So that's where we find ourselves now. We're out, we're in Gilgal, we're outside Jericho. The people have recommitted themselves to the Lord They've celebrated the Passover and they're ready to take the first place that the Lord has said, which is Jericho. So that's where we are. That's where we find ourselves, just outside Jericho. And that's where we pick up today's passage. We're going to pick it up just at the end of Joshua chapter 5. And it says this. I'm going to kind of, uh, instead of doing a big reading at the beginning, I'm going to kind of read us as we go through. So I hope that's all right. Uh, we're going to start at, at Joshua three, verse thir- Joshua 5, sorry, verse 13. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? 
Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. So, this miraculous, strange character appears uh, just outside Josh, uh, just outside Jericho, this angelic figure pops up. And the question that Joshua asks him is, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And the reply, I think, is really interesting and kind of helps us to set the context for the rest of the book of Joshua. Because the reply from the commander of the army of the Lord, this angelic, authoritative figure, says... Neither. I'm neither for you or for your enemies, but for the Lord as a commander of the army of the Lord. And I think this is a really interesting little weird nugget of a story for us to help us to set the context here. The real question here is, is Joshua and are the people on God's side? The whole story of Joshua and the Israelites, it's not about the Israelites versus the Canaanites, you know, the Israelites versus the people who lived and dwelt in the promised land. This is God's battle that he is moving forward into. And Israel, the Israelites, they're invited to join in. They're invited to play the part of sometimes spectator and sometimes supporters. But this is not a Israelites versus Canaanite thing. This is a God thing that the Israelites have the opportunity to either join in with and go along with or not. And actually, that's the whole story of the Israelites going forward through in the whole of the Old Testament. You know, we go through and time and time again, we find the people of God being asked the question, are you for me? Are you for God or not? And they make mistakes and they go through. And I wonder as well, just as we even begin, if that's true for us too. In fact, I think it is. I think God is doing what God does. I think God has always been doing that. And God always will do what he has done and what he's going to do. This, the world, what we see in front of us is his battle. It's his thing that he's got going on. But the privilege of getting to call ourselves friends of Jesus, the privilege of getting to follow him and go forward with him, is that we get to choose with our lives. We get to choose every day, sometimes every moment of our lives, really, whether or not we're just going to stand there and watch it happen or whether we're going to bravely join in with his call on our lives. And all of us get that wrong. But a lot of the time... I like to think we get it right because we hear God's call. We listen to what it is he's saying to us and we step into it. But God is doing the thing. It's God's battle. And that's what the Israelites are seeing here too. That's what Joshua's leadership is all about really. It's about continually reminding and saying to the people, this is God's battle. Are we going to join in with him or are we going to be against him? 
it's all about devotion. Devotion is a word that I want to land us on today as we go through. Let's continue with our reading. So this is, uh, now we're in chapter 6, starting at verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went in and no one. No one went out and no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. God's reminding Joshua that he's already done it. Jericho is going to be given to the Israelites. You know, like I said right at the beginning, God, they live in the context of God having said to them already, I will give you every place where you set your foot. And that is God's reminder again. I've given Jericho into your hands already. And Jericho are frightened. Jericho is securely barred because of the Israelites, it says. No one goes out and no one comes in. They're locked in because they're frightened. And then we carry on in verse 3. This is the command that the Lord gives to to Joshua and the Israelites. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. Okay, so now we're really getting into what I wanted to talk about today, what we want to explore together today. We see in this story, Joshua is called into this act of both worship and obedience before the Lord. God asks Joshua to get all the people, get the army, grab the priests, and to march around the city once a day for six days, worshipping. The priests are to carry these trumpets made of ram's horns and they're to blow the trumpets as they march around the city. I don't, have you ever tried to blow a trumpet whilst you march? I think that, that sounds hard. Um, but they're supposed to march around the city and blow a trumpet to worship around the city for six days. And then on the seventh day, they're supposed to march around the city seven times, blowing their trumpets. And then at the right time, Joshua is going to lead them all in this huge shout of praise. And God promises that the walls are going to come down. What an odd request from God. What a weird thing to be asked to do. You know, because really, if you think about it, this is a military situation that they're in, isn't it? You know, the people, they've just crossed over the Jordan River. They've entered into the promised land, which has been spoken of to them for years and for generations. They've committed themselves to the Lord. They've done all of that stuff. And they're right where they want to be. They're right where the Lord has promised that they will be. And now they need to go and take the land. This is a military operation. Not only that, but they know that Jericho is afraid of them. They know that it's all locked up. It's all closed up. No one's coming in. No one's going out. They've built these huge, thick walls all around the city. And they've already spied out the land, if you remember. You know, they've already sent spies in. They already know that the time is right. Surely then, this is just a simple military situation. Surely then... They send their army in and they take the city. 
But that's not what the Lord does. He gives them this strange request to march around the walls in an act of worship and obedience together. They need to obey God by doing this strange thing, by worshipping him in a specific way and obeying what he has commanded. And you know what? Worship and obedience are really strongly linked to each other. Worship is tied up with obedience. I think when we tie up worship and obedience together, that's when we get devotion. Devotion. Now, I wanted to ask you today, what is it that you are devoted to? In my family, and you don't have to guess who is which, we have a devoted football fan. We have one who is devoted to singing and dancing at the top of their lungs. One who is a devoted reader of the Beano comic. And one who is a devoted wife, mother, friend. (laughs) church leader I'll let you decide who's who but all of us I think we are devoted to you know some of us are devoted crafters makers it's definitely not me um many of us are devoted aunties and uncles and godparents and parents and friends and partners and we even talk about devotions don't we we talk about that time that we set aside to be with God sometimes as like our devotions our devotional time My suggestion today is that God was always after the Israelites' devotion and that he's after ours too. This is from, in Deuteronomy 6, it says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. It is our complete devotion that God is looking for from us. It's the complete devotion of the Israelites that God is looking for through Joshua's leadership. Not that they should make their own military plan and follow it, but that they should obey God by worshipping in the way that he had asked for for seven days. And that is what would bring them success in their battle. When we worship you know, when we sing, when we make a loud noise to the Lord, just as the Israelites did, what we are really doing is responding to seeing what God has done as we have obeyed him, as we have followed him, as we have devoted ourselves to him. You know, most of us, lots of us like to get in the room and sing big songs together and jump up and down and clap our hands and really get into making that big noise together. And that's such a precious thing that we get to do. But what we're really doing is responding to what we have seen God do as we have obeyed him, as we have followed him, as we've committed ourselves to him, as we have been devoted to him. That is what our devotion looks like. The Lord commanded the Israelites to worship the walls down, not because they couldn't do it any other way, but because it reminded them 
and it reminded the people of Jericho and others who were looking on, like I said right at the beginning, that it's God's battle, not theirs. It's God's thing that he is doing. This is about him and not about them. And I don't know about you, but that is so true for me as well. You know, an attitude of worship helps me to stop thinking that it's all about me. When we start, when we gather together like this on a Sunday morning, we start and we finish with singing, with worship together. And it reminds us as a community together that it's all about him. It's all about our response to him. It's all about our response to what he's doing, to what he's calling us into, to the battle that he is fighting that we get to be part of. That's really what we're doing when we worship. We're expressing our devotion to him, our obedience to him, and to the things that we see him doing. And that's a relief because actually this isn't about our own intellect. It's not about our own planning. It's not about our own strategy. It's not about us figuring out this military plan to go and take the land. This is about seeing what God is doing, joining in with it, obeying what he calls us to do and responding in worship. I wonder, do you need to devote yourself to God afresh today? Do you need to hand yourself back over to him fully again today? Or maybe you never have. Maybe you've never fully devoted yourself to the Lord. Let me encourage you that today would be a great day to do that. Devotion is worship and obedience together. Joining in with what God is already doing. And then let me continue in our reading from Joshua. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak. They marched around the city seven times in the same manner. Except that on, the day, on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. So it happens. For six days, the people, the army, and the priests, they gather with the Ark of the Covenant, which was the representation of God's presence with them, and they walk around the walls once a day. And they worship God by blowing their trumpets each day. And then on the seventh day, they march around the city seven times. And on the seventh time, on Joshua's command, the people let out a loud shout and the walls come down. Can you imagine the anticipation they must have been feeling as they marched around those walls? I think there would have been like a combination of different people. I think there would have been some people who every time, every day when Joshua said, come on, we're going to go march around the wall again. um, We're going, do we have to do that again? And who were doubting and were kind of marching around the wall, "Mm," grumbling about having to march around this flipping wall again. Okay. And there were probably some who were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. God's going to bring the walls down. I can't wait. But can you imagine the, the seventh day? And they have to walk around the walls seven times. And it's like crunch time. You know, they've got to the point 
where there's like no return. Excuse me. You know, they can't turn back at this point. They're marching around the walls. They're going to do it seven times. They know that at the end they're going to shout and something might happen. Or it might not. They don't know. The anticipation. How nervous would you be? You're going to walk around this city that you want to take. You're going to shout and nothing's going to happen. You're going to make a right idiot of yourself. And then you've still got to go and take the city. Like, incredible. What would everyone have been feeling as they did that? Maybe as the days went on, the doubts might have crept in. Or maybe as the days went on, the joy and the anticipation and the faith would have been built. I don't know. It's probably a combination of both. But that is why, this is an exact example of why this series is called Brave. You know, Joshua's leadership is so incredibly brave in this. He trusts that God has spoken and has said what to do and he follows it. And not only does he follow it, but he takes all the people with him to go and follow it too. And it happens in this context of worship and obedience, that complete devotion that God desires, it happens. The walls come down. The Israelites are given the land. I wonder if there's something that you are waiting for God to do in your life. I think probably all of us have those things. I think what this story shows us is that we need to worship God in obedience to him, even when we're in that place of waiting and frustration as we wait. And that we need to exercise real patience because God is going to do it. But it might not look like what you expect it to look like. In fact, it probably won't look like what you expect it to look like. But we also need to be people today who are prepared to go when it's time to go. You know, all of us sit for different reasons, whether we're waiting for a job or a spouse or any number of different things that we wait to happen in our lives. We sit in this place of patience and waiting. And I think God calls us to be people who are devoted to him, even in those spaces, even though sometimes that's incredibly difficult. But I think he also calls us to be people who are ready to go when it's go time who are ready to discern that, who are ready to discern when it's time to go, when we see something that God is doing and it's time for us to go for it and push forward into it. Because Joshua could have said to all the people, okay, everybody shout. And they all could have just stood there awkwardly in silence and just not trusted that God was going to do the thing. But in Joshua's bravery in his leadership, he caused them all to shout. They do the thing. They worship in obedience. They are devoted to the Lord and the walls come down. This is an amazing story, an incredible moment in history where we see God's people being obedient to him, being faithful and devoted to him. So why don't we stand together? I'm going to leave us with those two questions that I've asked of us. My band, why don't the band come up and join me? The first one is this. Do you need to 
devote yourself to the Lord afresh today? Do you need to devote yourself to the Lord, either in a new way or for the first time today? Do you need to step into that place of worship and obedience? That's my first question. And my second one is that last one that we just ended on. Is there something that you're waiting for, for God to do in your life? I think we should spend this time as we sort of come into worship and response We should spend this time giving those things over to the Lord. You've probably given them over to God lots of times before. But giving them over afresh to the Lord again. Knowing and trusting that this is God's battle. That we are just called to join in with if we want to. As he calls us into a life of devotion to him. So why don't I pray for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. And Lord, we do thank you for this incredible story. The incredible bravery of Joshua's leadership as he calls the people into new things in a new way. And Lord Jesus, we devote ourselves to you afresh now. We give ourselves over to you in worship and in obedience to you. You might want to take this time just to um, devote yourself again to God in the areas that maybe you've been holding back from him. He wants to move into all of our lives, but with such gentleness. This isn't, when we talk about being obedient to God, we're not talking about being obedient to a a tyrant king. We're talking about being obedient to a loving father. Help us, Lord Jesus. We devote ourselves to you afresh now. And Lord, for those of us who are in a place of waiting, waiting for you to do the thing, would you come, Holy Spirit? Help us to move into a new place of radical bravery, of radical devotion, of radical worship and obedience to you, Lord Jesus. Would you help us to be people who are ready to go when you say go? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to do that together now. We're going to worship. But if you... uh, have anything that has come up as I've been speaking or any any other things that you would like someone to stand with you 
uh, in prayer. And we would love to do that in this space. We have more space uh, in this service today. There's going to be a team, as usual, under the gallery who are really uh, ready and excited to pray for you, to stand with you. And let me encourage you, if you sort of, if it really resonates with you that you want to redevote yourself to the Lord or devote yourself afresh to the Lord this morning, come. Come and be prayed for. We'd love to stand with you. Or if you're in that place of waiting and God is calling you into that, and you really want to stand in obedience to him, we'd love to stand with you and pray as well. Or anything else too, we'd love to stand with you and pray. So we're going to worship together now, but do come and receive prayer if that is what you would like.